Welcome to Listen and Learn or Not. You got me, Anna D. You have Lady Claire. Hello. You have Lori, Life Coach Lori. Hello. <laughs> what are you two up to? What are you up to? So many things. Where do we start? Yeah. Where do we start? I know, right? Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go now? Where do we go? Pam would love us right now. Pam, if you're listening, this, that one's for you. She's a rocker. She is a rocker. She's a rocker. She like she goes to foreign countries to go to rock shows. Seriously. Her vacations are going to this Sammy Hagar cruise. Right. <laughs> One time I heard about her Def Leppard cruise. And I don't know if you heard of the name Rainbow. Like, I think I like one of their band members died on that cruise or something. Oh, oh my God. Crazy. Oh my God, I used to... I used to love Rainbow. That was a long time ago. Yeah, you remember? On the street of dreams. Yeah, that's right. On the street of dreams. I used to air guitar to that. <laughs> I won air, air guitar contests. Not, not from that song. <laughs> wait, you've won air guitar contests? Oh, okay, wait. Contest, one. That's impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. What was your what's your go-to song? What was it? I think it was Ozzy Osbourne. Wow. Crazy Train. Cool. Cuz it started with did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. I I I did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Crazy. We could do this forever. I could do this forever. We could, but we're not. <laughs> Lori's we looking at us Sorry. like, what? Lori's like, how did I lose control of this situation? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Lori, I'm sorry. Can't take you know, them if, anywhere. If we, if, if we did this on YouTube, we could just, all we had to do was air guitar for like five minutes. That'd cover five minutes. Exactly. We absolutely could. Yeah, there would be, there would be no problem. I do, uh, my go-to is uh, Hotel California, but I need another person because you have to have two, like the guitar solo in the middle is basically like two guitars oh, yes. like trading back and forth and it's so much right. fun. You know, I don't know how to play guitar whatsoever. I have lots of relatives that can. I just never tried, but I am such a good air guitarist. I'm unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a great air drummer, too. Mm. I'm a really, really good air drummer. Do you twirl your fake stick? Of course I do. Like the the experts do? I toss them. Sometimes when I lose one, I pick another one up real quick from the fake (laughs) bucket in front where I keep extra sticks. (laughs) <laughs> wait you actually lose your fake stick yeah because sometimes when you get like oh uh, you go going on a solo and the stick flies out and you got to pick up another one real quick yeah <laughs> I love ha- have you guys ever caught something from a band like like you know air air i mean air guitar pick there's no such thing uh, a guitar pick or a or a, a drumstick or a, several or a t-shirt me too i have several picks i've never caught a drumstick i was afraid i would die <laughs> you, you, you dodged it and hit somebody else in the face <laughs> I have a great one of my best guitar picks is from um, Melissa Etheridge you caught um, Melissa Etheridge's really, guitar pick 
Yeah, I have a couple of them, but wow. there's one that's really, it was like, oh, this is not like a souvenir. I'm going to throw this out. This is like a really good pick that she probably didn't mean to toss out. I mean, they're cheap. I guess they're, that's not that big a deal. She's looking all over the place with her best pick. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. Neat. Yeah. I caught, I caught like a, a neck towel from somebody from 38 Special. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know his name, but he was a guitarist. Uh-huh. I think, okay, so I went to the Sammy Hagar version of Van Halen, uh-huh. and I caught something, and I don't know what it is. It might have been a t-shirt or something, and I caught plenty of like guitar picks, but from like local and national bands, and get this, there is this guy from Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam. I snuck to the front row somehow, because everybody was just piling to the front, and he chose me to get kissed kissed on the lip (laughs) wow i think his name was spanador nobody got pictures would you do that now no way i'd be like get away from me spanador (laughs) yeah no i I don't think that would happen i don't think they would do it now but well i don't know they might (laughs) (laughs) they're gross that way yeah we're lucky they're going out on tour at all let alone (laughs) let alone touching lips with people right I mean, not Lisa Lisa Cult Jam, but just general artists in general. Artists right? in general, yeah. I remember I, I saw I one time saw um, Alanis Morissette at uh, I want to say it was in Costa Mesa, somewhere in Orange County, California, and she's I, she's a powerhouse man, but she's tiny. She's like five foot nothing, and some guy got up on stage and just started walking toward her, and at first, like. You could see it. At first, she backed up. Oh. And then she started walking toward him. Now, I realized that she knew that her that her people were going to come pull him off the stage, so she probably wasn't actually afraid of him. But I, it was such a great moment of, like, I don't know, I guess empowerment is the word. Yeah. Of, like, okay, at first I'm backing up, but you know what? No, I'm not backing away from you. I'm coming toward you. I'm not afraid of you, you know? Um, and again, it's, you know, I think she knew her people were there. but But still, it was a really like powerful moment for me of like not running in fear, you know? Um, but come on, man, what do you do? What do you think she's going to do? You know, I mean, what do people think when people jump on stage? What do you think they're going to do? Stop the show. I want to marry this person right now. You know? Well, I, I will admit I was at Six Flags um, over in St. Louis and it was easy to storm the stage and I was able to during a biz marquee. Um, but it was like nothing because everybody else was like, there were a few other people. I was like, oh, I'm going to join them. And uh, we didn't, I didn't even expect to even be right by Bismarcky because there were other people on stage and everything. Maybe it depends on who it is because, you know, he didn't seem startled. I think, I think it was like just normal for people to do that on his stage. Probably not Alanis Morissette though. I would be fearful for her, especially she's a tiny person. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's, she's dinky. Although I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to meet up with her in a dark alley. She could probably beat the crap out of me. <laughs> okay. How about you, Lori? Any concert stories? <laughs> uh, the you only catch? thing I ever caught at a concert was a cold. Ah! Oh! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And did you catch it from kissing somebody? <laughs> Yeah, unlikely. I, you know, I I haven't gone to that many concerts. And when I do, I always have the cheap seats. So, you know, you can't get close enough to win anything, (laughs) to catch anything. Even I've been to like the silver tips games and they shoot the, you know, T-shirts out of the thing. Yeah, no, nothing. Those are fun. That's hockey. Everett Silver Tips. 
Yes. Oh, those yeah. Are fun games. Yeah. So, I miss that. Yeah. Never caught anything. <laughs> you might have. You just might not remember. Yeah. Well, you know, I never drank as a kid. Can you believe that? Well, I didn't drink at any of these concerts. I wasn't old enough. Yeah. I, I wasn't drinking. But it's you just, would remember. You know, yeah. but, but you think that I wouldn't would... remember? Oh, maybe I caught something inadvertently. <laughs> I'm so confused. What did I catch? What I think is funny is describing it like I'm seeing like, you know, Melissa Etheridge and Alanis Morissette and 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 Anna. You're like, you were a lot more fun. I mean, you went to like Bismarcky and <laughs> Lisa Lisa. You were jamming out, man. I was like, I went to Millie Vanilli. Did you really? What was that like? Before anybody, you know, knew that they were lip syncing, my friend, Emily, she was like, I swear, their lips were not in sync with their, <laughs> with, with the music. I, I really, I am so convinced. And I'm like, get out of here. Emily was right. Emily, I'm, my apologies. 30 years later. <laughs> I think probably the, the most, I've been to a lot of concerts. Back in the day, like, you know, you weren't afraid to spend the money. You had, I don't know, it's not that I had more money. I certainly had less money. I was just probably less discerning about how I spent it. And concerts were a big, like, important thing, you know. But I remember seeing um, a band that you will all think of as a one-hit wonder, but they were actually really good, called Aha. They sing that song, Take On Me. <gasps> I saw them too! Did you? <laughs> yes! They were, I had both their albums. <laughs> Maybe they had three, three albums. And, uh... That was one of the very few times in my life that I actually sat in the front row, like the very, very, very front row. And I just remember that man, Morton Harkett, was the most beautiful man in the world. He was the most beautiful eyes and cheekbone facial structure, and he had that fabulous 80s hair. And I was just like in awe of them. It was great. Well, did Glass Tiger open up for them? <laughs> yes, they probably did. In St. Louis, they opened up for, Glass Tiger opened up for AHA. <laughs> Don't forget me when I'm gone. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, that's such a good song. Brian Adams song. Brian yeah. Adams song. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, oh my gosh, I forgot about Glass Tiger. Yeah, that would probably, it probably was the same show. You know, the other thing we used to go to was those re- weird reunion tours with like the monkeys and the... You saw the monkeys? Paul Revere and the Raiders. Oh. And the Hollies, like back in the 80s and early 90s, there were these like reunion tours where they, they would go, the Association, um, Gary Puckett, the Union Gap, all, uh, the Grassroots, where they, they would like put like four or five bands together and they'd all come down and come out and do like a 30 minute set of their greatest hits from the 60s and 70s. So much fun. Yeah, those, those were a lot of fun. And yeah, I saw the monkeys. Yeah. You did? Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it was not not like in 1967, like, you know, right. in like they 1982. Were right. Yeah, they were older. Yeah. Okay. It's fun. You know what's funny wow. about bands when they get older and they sing? So what? we had a mixtape weekend here at Warm, which was fantastic because our hosts, Shelly and Seth, who really... You know, we don't get to say much in radio anymore. It's talk over the song. Well, they got to talk. They talked about the musicians and the music, and it was fabulous. But they played, okay, I'm I'm going to admit it. I loved it. Mbop, the Hansons. Oh, I love, I love, love that song. And so I loved it and loved it. I went home and I thought, I'm going to listen to it again. So I saw, oh, this is the, ver- this is the you know, where they went out as older people. And it's like, 
Mbop. I mean, like, how do you adults <laughs> change the range? Sing that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you write a gibberish song and then you got to sing it the rest of your life. <laughs> right, right. That is so funny. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, New Edition. You remember how they sounded? Like, they, they were little kids. Uh-huh. They were like, loving candy girl. Try to do that today, guys. <laughs> Try to sing that song right. today. The Hanson boys. I th- I feel like I've heard their name recently. Like, yeah, like they were in the news. Well, they're coming out with an album, a new album. That must be it. Yeah. That must be really? it. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I was thinking they're all grand pop. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Everything else. <laughs> oh, no, we're getting pretty close to Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Concerts. <laughs> my first concert. Ever was Peter Frampton. Oh my um, God, that's awesome! Wow, that's that a great. good one. Yep. And uh, after that, it was all you know, country. It was the the uh, Naomi and uh, Winona Judd? I saw Winona. You saw Winona. She opened up for the B52s, or vice versa, or they really? they played back to back or something. Yeah, on one sh- one concert show. I think that was like what year was it? It was like nineteen. 19- 90 something what other country uh, artists have you seen uh garth garth oh you got the best you saw the best i would love to see garth you really did i don't remember who maybe maybe vince gill was with garth at that time he he played his country music and then he said sit back and relax because we're going 50s and he started playing oldies Oh my gosh. It was he's wow. so dreamy. Anyways, it was fabulous. Yeah. That is fun. Like he went on another hour past his stop time. Oh nice. Bonus. Mm-hmm. Claire, what uh, what country concerts have you gone to? My first concert, well, my very, very, very first concert, I think was like Lena Horn, but my like first like go to an arena, like, you know, rock and roll, whatever concert was uh Kenny Rogers with uh the Oak Ridge Boys. Neat. Um, that Aww. was cool. I think I saw Kenny Rogers a couple times. Then I would say, you know, I've seen because I worked in for country radio stations, I've seen quite a few uh country shows. I think I will say Kenny Chesney is amazing. Everything that you hear about him putting on a great show is 100% true. He puts on Oh, come on, really? Now? It's not time to go. <laughs> no, we're busy. She's not that big a fan of Kenny Chesney. Oh. Um, he's pretty amazing. But my hey, but my favorite uh, is probably John Party. I've seen him a couple times now. And, okay, mm. hang on. Stand Sadie's by. favorite too. Yeah, she's like, I agree. It was the best. She's got her her concert lighter. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know who I saw in concert and met? <gasps> who? You remember the name Travis Tritt? Yes. Oh, I loved his music. Oh, me too. And you got to meet him. Mm-hmm. Turn out the lights. The conversation's over. <laughs> remember that? Foolish Pride. That was it. Yes. Foolish Pride. And uh, here's a quarter. Call someone. Who cares? I was just telling her I met Travis Tritt. You met him? I went to the concert and then I met him. Yeah. That was really cool. I love him. I don't hear him anymore, uh, his music and stuff, right? Yeah, not really. He hasn't done anything new in a while. Oh, I wish he would. I wish he would too. He's a really good, good performer. Yeah. 
he was in the uh, same years as like Little Texas and Trisha Yearwood and Martina McBride and right. the 90s were good for country music. Mm-hmm. Have you seen uh, Dirk Bentley's band Hot Country Nights? Mm-mm. It's amazing. So I, re- I love Dirk Bentley. He's one of my favorite of, of the newer, newer. He's been around a long time now, but of the younger generation of country, um, I really like him. But he and his bandmates have a, a fake 90s cover band called Hot Country Nights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S. And um, they basically, he, he's his own opening act. So when you go see a Dirk Bentley show, Hot Country Nights opens. And it's the same band. It's just they're wearing outfits. They're wearing like tight jeans and mullets and like just terrible clothes. <laughs> and, and they play, they do a combination of 90s covers and originals that are like based on 90s hits. And it's wow. so good. And you don't like, the first time I saw them, the person I was with, Tim, knew that it that's who it was but he didn't tell me he wanted me to figure it out right and you you figure it out after a few minutes because he's still dirks he sounds like dirks but they have this whole persona and this whole kind of backstory about who they are and how they came to be a band it's so funny but they're such good musicians i mean they're amazing musicians you know yeah so that that's a lot of fun to uh to to see that yeah that's awesome you guys think we're just kind of hungry for concerts is that why we're like just so into this right now yeah. Chateau Saint Michel just announced their whole summer concert lineup. My friend Kat's like, we, we, you know, this is our thing. We got to go. I guess tickets are going to be on sale pretty soon. And we're going to try to go to, like, I think Chris Isaac. And uh, uh, I forgot what the other band was. But uh, I think Chris Isaac just sells out fast. So he's been there a lot. A lot. Hasn't yeah. he? He, he yeah. enjoys that venue because he comes, it feels like, uh, every other summer. It's one of the best venues. It's good for the audience, even if you're in the lawn area. And it's good probably for them. I, every time I've gone there, the sunsets have been awesome. I'm sure the coloring of the whole surrounding is like just amazing to everybody, including the, the band, the performers. I miss it. Oh, I know. In <laughs> fact, I think people are going to feel weird at first when they go back to concerts. Like, yeah, should we be doing this? Should you be right next to me on this lawn? Right? <laughs> yeah. But it's not, I mean, shoulder to shoulder, is it? No. Well, even even in the cr- most crowded days, they there's some space out there. Right, right. I think when you go to the lawn area and then you're setting up, you know, your your little chairs yeah. and your picnic stuff, bring a lot of cheese. <laughs> cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers are one. Cheese and crackers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I do miss that. I, I miss that, that blanket picnic concert kind of thing um the only thing about that is sometimes you want to like actually hear the music and you know people are talking and it's like shut up i'm listening to music you know but yeah and then i become that you know person i don't want to be karen the karen of the concerts (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i mean i'm I'm the same way like i went to don henley there at chateau saint michel i was like we're not doing lawn we have to get seats when you're in the seats it's pretty much impossible to get in a conversation uh, and I'm, I was glad to do that because that was like, that was Mark's favorite concert too. I think it would have been a different experience if we went uh, to the lawn area. He's terrific. I like, I love Don oh, Henley. I love him. Yeah. You know, every one of his songs, he'll sing like some of the Eagles. But even his songs, like he's got a lot of hit. You don't think about it, but he has a lot of hits on his own. 
Um, and plus he can play do play everything. He can drum and he can sing and he can guitar and he just like writes and yeah. Yeah, yeah. He used to be the drummer, right? And yeah. then mm-hmm. he's guitaring and now he's singing. Oh my God. Guitaring, now singing. What is guitaring? <laughs> guitaring and drumming and singing. All he has to do is rap. I talked to him once. There, there was this show called uh, Rockline where you would, uh, it was one of those late night. It's so funny. I was such a radio nerd when I was a kid, and then I grew up to be a radio nerd. It was Bob Coburn, I think was his name, was the host. And uh, he would interview people, and you could call. And I got to, I can't even remember what I asked him now, but I got a copy of his album and a pair of um, fake Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> the old radio days. Just love it. I know. Nothing like it. Did you guys call up and try to win contests and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was one of those. I was a radio pig. Yeah. I would be one of those people that the promotions people hated. Did they say stop (laughs) calling? No, but they made sure that I knew that I couldn't win every 30 days now. You know? (laughs) I did get yelled at once, though, because I used somebody else's name, and they knew it was me. (laughs) But my friend was on board. She was like, yeah, use my name. Yeah, use my address. I'm like, okay. Oh, it's you. It's you again, Anna. No, no, my name's Emily. Nope. (laughs) But when you're a kid, you know, you get your freebies and stuff. You don't have a job and every prize meant something to you. So I really always appreciated it and it sounded like it on the air. Yeah. (laughs) We had this, um, when I was with Fitz, uh, there was this kid who used to call, I think he was probably 13 or 14. And the first couple times he, he tried to pass himself off as an adult and Fitz figured it out right away. And like it used to be, they'd be like, okay, let's block, you know, let's not take this kid because he's annoying. And Fitz is like, no, I love this. He's like, this was me. I was this kid at that age. He's like, so I'm, I'm encouraging this. And he was great with him. Sometimes he'd let him get away with thinking he was fooling us into something. And other times he would go, oh, is this so-and-so? And just talk to him like a regular person and get him to, you know, just kind of talk to us. And uh, that always meant a lot to me that he, that he recognized himself, you know, and encouraged it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I want some, I never want anything big. I mean, that Don Henley thing was pretty cool, but lo- like from the local station, I think it was like movie tickets. I think there was like a, I don't know, kickboxing tournament. Oh, Toledo had a hockey team. You were I won, in a I won, kickboxing won, tournament? No, I wasn't in it. I won tickets to it, and I think I gave them to my brother. I didn't want to, oh. I just wanted to win the thing. I didn't oh. want to go to the tournament. Like, I don't care about people kicking each other. And uh, hockey tickets and probably mud hens, baseball. I probably won some baseball tickets, too, doing that. Yeah. So growing yeah, up, fun. we lived on Whidbey Island, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't call. It was long distance. But when I get to, got to college, <laughs> I became a nuisance. <laughs> a nuisance. <laughs> so like, really? You again? <laughs> When, when I was in college, the radio station I called was, at that time, KBIQ, and it was um, now KCMS, and uh, Anna, I, know, I think you know Brian Hubert. Yeah. Yeah, well, he was the jock at the time. He was the night jock, and I was working across the way at uh, World Concern and um, doing computer input like while I'm dreaming to be on the radio and so we had the we had the extension line so we could be the first caller always <laughs> he would oh. get so mad at us <laughs> it's like really could you give somebody else a chance we're like no I don't think so nope. <laughs> that's cool you could even do that I had to rely on speed dial <laughs> <laughs> poor yo Oh, man. And when you had, like, four older brothers trying to use the phone, I drove them batty. Oh. 
they'll try to pick up from another room and all you hear is get off the phone but i'm gonna win something all i have to be is color number 25 give me a minute or like caller 92.5 you're number one you're number two you're number three you're caller number five you're caller number six it wasn't until i really they would skip you're caller one you're caller 13 you're caller 92 here's a secret for everybody i don't know if this still applies because this was years ago if you're winning trying to win a contest the best time to win was like overnights i was able to get through like a few times until i won so it was like Caller number two, try again. Caller number 14, try again. Kayla's Y, you're caller number 25. Who is this? <gasps> I won the heart album. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good times, man. Yeah. So I don't know if you have heard this, but you know, this is Pride Month, right, June? Of course. Yes. I thought it was pretty amazing. And I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about it because it seems like. I think people would know what it's about now, but I still think people sometimes don't know what it's about. Yeah. So Pride Month uh, came out of uh, a very violent chapter in modern gay rights, uh, which was the storming of the Stonewall Club in New York back in the 1960s. And police raided this club and it was violent and it was really just a terrible time and on the anniversary of that and you know in subsequent years there started to be a pride day and a commemorative day and then it became a bit more than a day and then it became a whole month of celebrating what then was called gay culture now it's queer culture or lbgtq and it celebrates all of the different diversities of of gender identity What's the other word I'm looking for? But it, it, it embraces all of the diversity within that community and those communities. It's great because it's so worldwide now. You know, it was small and then it was big. The rainbow flag, which started in San Francisco, I believe, really has come to represent that community and what that means and to fly the flag. It's interesting as a gay person because I've watched it grow over the years. Um, to, you know, a point when you would look forward every year to the gay pride parade because it was the one thing that, like, the one thing that you had if you happened to live in a town that had one. And now it feels like there's events all over the place, which is great, you know, especially in a, in a big city like Seattle or Portland. Uh, you've got all kinds of events and everything from, from parades to lectures to concerts to you name it. Um, what's interesting is it's become a little bit commercialized too. I imagine this is probably how, how Christians view Christmas <laughs> where, you know, I see like everything from hockey team to, to beer sellers that are all have rainbow logos right now. And, uh, it, that feels a little, I don't know, a little cynical to me that, you know, making money off of it. But on the other hand, you know, there was a time when a gay person couldn't get served in a business or, or, uh, own, buy a home or, or rent a, an apartment or hold a job. And to know now that they're they're seeing us as well, their money's green. <laughs> you know, um, I'm good with that. You know, I'm I'm good with the notion that they're that they're. Tr- if you if you want to pander to me, that's great because that means on some level you've accepted me. It's great. It's fun. I I love Pride Month. I love the idea of Pride Month. I love being in encased in it. Uh, I will tell you, I'm sort of past an age now where I go to the events. I'm not really into crowds and, and parades as much as I used to be, but I highly encourage anyone else who is to go because it's a great fun time. So tell us some of your memories when you did get to go. Mm. 
My favorite thing about real pride parades is that they are always traditionally begun by the dykes on bikes. <laughs> I am not making that up. Every wow. real pride parade in the country should begin <laughs> with a parade of lesbians on motorcycles. And I learned that in <laughs> Seattle. Uh, my very first pride parade that I went to, this would have been like 1992, I guess. And my friend Gloria was dating a girl who had a motorcycle. And so she got to be in the Dykes on Bikes and she was so excited. And we, I got to this point in the parade where I, and you hear them before you see them. And sure enough, like a hundred, just like women of every shape and size and stripe that you can imagine on these fabulous motorcycles, just zooming up and down Broadway uh, in Seattle doing tricks and wheelies and all that kind of stuff. And then they moved on to Volunteer Park, and then, and then the rest of the parade came. And um, just great. I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, I was a brand-new, gay-out, young girl of 23, I guess. And, uh, and I'd never – it was just amazing to be with people like me. Because I grew up That's in a, awesome. it's not even a small town. I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, but it didn't even occur to me to do something like that there. Um, and this was really, it was very freeing. I mean, it really was just a, a tremendous feeling of, of belonging and, and all of that. Like things like that, though, it did kind of like, you know, people drink and suddenly there's, you know, nudity and all that stuff everywhere which again at 22 is awesome but uh you know at my age now I'm like yeah I don't I don't need to see that you know um but it's different now you know but the other thing I loved is like seeing fire trucks with with like gay firefighters in them you know um and the electric company like the utilities would have their trucks out there with their gay representatives and and the police and um, I just love that, that it was a parade for everybody to, to literally pride, to say, I am not afraid. I, in this context, I don't need to be afraid to say who I am. And it's just a really great oh, celebration. That's awesome. I interview a lot of nonprofits and many of them have like a walk or a run. And I always think, why do they all do the same thing? And what I discovered was just that, Claire, when they have a walk or a run, who like last time it was the Crohn's colitis people. That's a disease people don't talk about. They call it the bathroom disease. So these mm -hmm. women, they, all these different women went to the walk and then they met each other and they made friends and some of them ended up working there. And so it is, it's that camaraderie. It's to say you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. when, when you have these events that celebrate LGBTQ, I think you're telling everyone, and, and I I think this means a lot to kids who might be like, I don't know if I'm if I'll be accepted. And I think it it starts giving them more confirmation that yes, they will be accepted. They have a lot of people supporting them. Just like my kids middle school and high school have an LGBTQ club. And thank God, because there are more kids and young adults that are identifying more and more just discovering who they who they are and you know how they want to be identified today oh, the three of us have a have a common friend who's a high schooler decided um, a long time ago and she's struggled with it because she's like oh my gosh I'm losing a daughter no you know what 
Well, maybe, but really you're, you're, you're keeping your child because yeah. if that child grows up to feel so unaccepted uh, and, and doesn't feel like they belong in their, in their body, in their skin, then, uh, you know, the worst can happen and you, you don't want that. You want to support that person and make sure that they are the happiest self that they can ever be. Yeah. And like, yeah. Claire, you've always been in uh, lesbian relationships, right? Have you ever dated men? Oh, yeah. Of course oh. I did. Yeah. Back in, uh, you know, when you're still, you don't really know when you're figuring it out and all that kind of stuff. I had, uh, I dated the hottest guy in college, in fact. Woohoo, look I, at you. I dated the big man on campus mm. uh, when I was in uh, in college. Um, but I knew, I knew it wasn't right. I mean, I knew, I, you know, I just knew that something wasn't right mm. yeah. uh, until I fell in love. And then it was like, oh, this is, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you know? here's the whole wow. thing that, in my opinion, is when we allow people to be who they're supposed to be, we're not forcing them. So some of you know, I mean, you guys know that I was married to a gay man for a while and he didn't want to be gay. He wanted to mm-hmm. be normal. And you know, right. we were friends and, you know, but he was gay. And so for years I thought something was wrong with me, you know, and then we sorted it out and split up and, you know, we still ha- are friends, I guess you call it. We have children together. And so we have holidays and everything, but he would have never been forced into that. And like what I try to explain to my kids now that they're older is I was actually in love. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I was in love with him. I thought he was the bee's knees, but he couldn't be in love with me. And so there's that whole, you know, disconnect of how people get hurt. And, you know, it's easy to go, mm-hmm. well, he shouldn't have married her. But the thing was, is he didn't ha- he it wasn't a day and age where he could dare say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that the fact that people are being more receptive and open and accepting people as they are. I mean, we have a long way to go still, but it's better. I have a friend, a man friend who is my age, uh, which is to say over 50, that um, we uh, just realized he was gay. Like he had been married for 25 years to a woman. It was not a particularly happy marriage, but I don't think it had as much to do with he'd never thought about men in his life. It just didn't occur to him. And then he met this other man and just was immediately, he met him in a business context and they were just immediately smitten with one another. And he said it was the most confusing, upsetting, bizarre, but he thousand percent knew that what he felt for this man was so much stronger and better than what he ever felt for his wife or, or any other person in his life. And boy, was it an uh, upheaval of his life and his children and his wife and the other man's family. I mean, it was just incredibly difficult for both of them for a few years, but they stayed together. They're married now. Um, They're perfectly happy. And he's like, in a million years, I never would have thought I was gay. So I think... I think it runs the spectrum. I think, you know, hearing your ex-husband's story, I am sure there is a tremendous turmoil and confusion and pain inside of him at many stages of his life, probably as an, as an adolescent and as a young man and, 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 you know, who knows, maybe even now. Um, and, you know, what you've gone through. I mean, it's, 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 it's painful. No one wants to break up a family. 
uh, certainly because they've met someone else. But when you throw in that wrinkle of you're living in the wrong skin, um, I think that there are um, we've we've come a long way. We there's still so far to go because these things still happen. I just read this story, or not a story. Um, the governor of Michigan just signed uh, or proposed a, a bill, or no, I'm sorry, it was an executive order banning any kind of state or federal money to go toward conversion therapy. Conversion therapy is when you take a gay person and, you know, basically t- send them to therapy to convince them that they're not gay. And it's a real thing. Like, it, it's not even anything to do with religion. Like, I mean, it, it can have a religious aspect to it, but there are actual psychiatrists or psychologists out there that will that will take on a, a, a gay patient and convince them that they're straight. And they, Michigan had done a study showing that the suicide rate among gay teenagers who underwent conversion therapy was twice that of those that didn't undergo it. Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, get that around your head. Why would you do that to your child? Why would you do that to your child? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's so much that's gotten better, but there's still so far to go. And we could have this same conversation about African-American rights and Asian Pacific Islander rights and women's rights, right? I mean, We've come so far, and we still have so far to go. Mm-hmm. But it's things mm-hmm. like Pride Month and Black History Month and Women's History Month that get people to read a little more, see a little more, mm-hmm. learn a little mm-hmm. more. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely, we're getting there. Yeah. Have you mm-hmm. heard of Glennon Doyle? Uh, yeah, she's married to uh, Abby Wambach, right? Yes, she is. No. Yeah. And uh-huh. actually, Abby's a soccer player, and uh, Abby and Glennon's first husband the father of her children play soccer together on a <laughs> on a community league but she wrote a book called untamed and it really deals with a lot of that it's a very good book if if uh, you have a chance to read it by glennon doyle but i i agree with you claire i know when you say why would you do that to a kid you know what the first thing that came to my mind is the mm. parents pride so mm-hmm. i think it's interesting pride parade is coming mm. out pride but i also think that a lot of the stifling has a lot to do with pride mm-hmm. on the parents' side. You know, mm-hmm. I can't let anyone mm-hmm. know this or this can't be my kid or, you know. Yeah, and unfortunately there's, you know, I know like in my Catholic community, because um, I see it all the time, is that people are divided ab- about it. And it's kind of like, gosh, isn't it easy? I mean, love everyone, love everyone, love one another. Why? What's so hard about that? Yeah, but those are deep-seated beliefs you know i mean getting people to change what they think about something it's deep deep seated i i i wonder you know i think about my my grandparents i mean my aunt is has been incredibly accepting she's 95 she's obviously known me since i was born she's known sharon for 30 years or whatever now um you know but she lived most of her life in southern california and and kind of was in a uh, more, you know, a place where she was exposed to a lot more, you know, starting in the 1960s and, and, and going through now. My grandparents, I'm not sure, you know. I mean, am I relieved that they died before they found out I was gay? I don't know. I hate to think I'm relieved, but eh, I wonder sometimes, you know. I'd like to think that they would have been fine with it, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of I don't yeah. know, what did, uh-huh. Anna, what did you just tell us about... Um, why can't I think of her name? Tennis player. Oh, Naomi Osaka. Oh, I thought I saw in my newsfeed that Naomi Osaka has pulled out of Wimbledon. That is so sad. So Naomi Osaka 
was the one who told the tennis association at the French Open that she no longer wanted to do the daily press conferences. We talked about this was last week or the week before because she suffers from anxiety and depression and, and she felt they were, you know, really hurting her ability to concentrate on the game. And they were like, well, it's a requirement. Everybody has to do it. These every single match you have to talk to the press. And so she tried to suck it up and did her first match and then um, refused. And then she got so much pressure that she just dropped out of the French Open. And wow, so she's dropped out of Wimbledon. That's really... That's so unfortunate. She's the number two ranked player in the world right now. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is Rafael Nadal dropped out too. He's, you know, highly ranked men's player. He, um, now he dropped out for physical reasons. He just wasn't up to it. Um, but, you know, that's two big draws that, that they're losing. Yeah, huh. yeah. The statement says uh, she's taking some personal time with friends and family. as She will be ready for the Olympics and is excited to play in front of her home fans. Mm. So, right. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah, she's uh, she's from Japan. Mm-hmm. So mm. wow, you know, I God, boy, more power to her for standing her ground. But I, I hate to. I wonder what she's going through. I wonder if she's, if she is in the midst of a, of a throw of 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 her disease that's driving this, or if she really, if she was trying to drive it from a point of doing some good for people like her, or if she's just in a cycle. You know, oh, yeah, it could be both. You know. Like we were talking about last last week, you know, she seems to be there for others who are having a hard time, you know, like she did with that player, mm-hmm. uh, Coco. Not that she had anxiety and depression, but she was just upset, you know, that she got defeated. And, and she, she helped her deal with it by just soothing her. And so maybe there's that. But she did reveal that she had been dealing with anxiety and depression herself. And with all the talk that's been going on, whether it's positive or negative, she's got a lot weighing on her probably and she's so young thank goodness she knows how to she recognizes it thank yeah. goodness she knows that okay I better not play I I need to take care of myself that's big you know mm-hmm. and, and for so, someone so young and to recognize that I I applaud mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about the conversation we had Anna because you you brought in the piece about Pierce Morgan and and uh, no it wasn't Pierce Morgan it was the uh, ESPN guys talking yeah yeah, um, oh no, it was Colin Coward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and Jay Adonde talking about you know maybe she shouldn't play this out in social media. Social media is a real problem. Oh <laughs> it, boy, it really is a problem. It's I not mean, good. You, no, it's terrible. <laughs> it's I mean, pretty for terrible. All the good it does. It's awful. I was looking at something today. I was reading, uh, um, looking up something for one of my other jobs about some road work happening, and and they tweeted out, "Okay, here's the road work for the weekend." And somebody, you know, tw- you know, tweeted back or it was Facebook, "Why don't you fix this other road?" I'm like, you know what? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You're not in charge of who fixes what road. You know, I mean, it's like I just. Uh, I'm all for the First Amendment, but I don't really want to hear everybody give their opinion. And so I, you know, look at someone like Naomi Osaka, and I think if you're already suffering from depression, anxiety, why put yourself in that giant echo chamber of trolls and mean people? There's a lot of wonderful good people, but for all the wonderful good people, it feels like there's a thousand mean people who just are sad and need to say mean things to other people to make themselves feel better. And it's so harmful to young to all I was going to say to young people it's harmful to all people but you're less equipped to deal with it at 22 I think than you are at 52 I don't know maybe I'm wrong 
You're right. I it's just it's so hard with the young ones. They the social media. And I think you mentioned this before, both of you, was that social media is kind of everything to them, or you know their main news. Uh, it's their it's just their world. Um, I what I'm hoping with the social media stuff is that. Yeah, we're all getting it out of our system. And I guess we just let it we have to roll with it for now. And then eventually, you know who to listen to and who not to who to respond to and who not to anymore. I think I, I'm getting convinced that social media at some point, you get a little tired of it. And I'm going to tell you, I I, I loved Facebook when it, you know, the first 10 years, but I'm kind of getting to this point where I'm like, one, I don't want to keep updating what I'm doing anymore, you know, and I used to, I, and I'm not even updating like the big things that are happening <laughs> in my world. And I'm only getting on now just to see who I care about, what they're up to, you know, and, and say happy birthday to whoever's birthday it is. But I'm like really not doing much on social media anymore. I've kind of turned to Instagram, just putting pictures here and there, but I just can't do it anymore. I'm a little tired of it. And, and now I know who to listen to, who I want to listen to and who to respond to anymore and, and who not to. I don't know if that's everybody. Uh, I mean, social media has been out for a while now. Facebook's been around for a while, but I feel like... I think people get tired of it at some point and just stop or, or just barely use it anymore and just use it when they need to, like get a hold of family or whatever. I don't know. Are you guys like that? Oh, yeah. I have my own yeah. home business. So for me, you know, I have to keep on it and do all the social media things. Plus for the oh, radio yes. station, you know, mm -hmm. I, I have to pay mm -hmm. attention. <laughs> and but it, and it is OK. But I'll tell you, I'm very careful. I, I am not vulnerable very often. Uh, because of that, because I just don't want to hear people's mean comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, understood. Yeah. So. Yeah. So in other news, did you know who People Magazine named as the number one reason to love America? Oh, no. <laughs> no. The number one reason to love America? Oh, my God, I'm afraid. Who doesn't love The Rock? Dwayne Johnson. Oh, you know Aww. what? I love The Rock. I'm Me good too. with that. What a nice guy. What a nice, hearty, hearty? awesome yes. guy. Hardy. What a nice Lori Hardy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard one bad thing about him. Ever. Ever. Me too. Ever. Everyone I know that's like, oh, he's filming a movie here and he stopped and he signed autographs for all the... I mean, every single person, he just does good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anytime he opens his mouth. Or, or even shows his face. He'll even do something silly or just smile and just laugh at himself or laugh with other people about something. Yeah. That's a great reason to love America. He should be an Avenger. I thought you were going to say Matthew McConaughey because he'd also be good. He has a book <laughs> called Green Light or something. Did you know that? He Green just Light, read a book. Yeah, I forget what his book's about. I think it's about... I'm going to write a book so I can make money. I don't really know. I just like listening to him talk. But it's, it's about moving forward and, you know, using everything that happens in your life. Uh, oh, okay. That to, sounds good. To make wow. yourself better. and Yeah. Yeah. So. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Hey, oh my gosh, we need to talk about Juneteenth. Yes. Yeah. We have a new national holiday. Like yep. an actual national holiday. Juneteenth. Juneteenth is the day that, okay, so the Civil War ended in April of 1965. The Emancipation Proclamation was actually signed two years before that. 
1863. So the Civil War continued to be fought, even though technically the president had had freed slaves. But even two months after the Civil War had ended, you know, we didn't have social media or even a telegraph in those days. And word didn't travel that fast. And June 19th was the day that Union soldiers came into Galveston, Texas, and alerted the slaves there that they were free. They'd continued to be slaves long after the war was over. And so June 19th became Juneteenth, uh, a day to celebrate the end of slavery. And this week, today, or yesterday, Congress uh, passed it, and today the president signed it, and it is now going to be a national holiday, I think, as of next year. Not, to, not, not in two days? Anything. I think we'll just take it off anyway. Yeah, a lot of places have. Uh, a lot of places. I know I have a place I do news for that's off tomorrow to celebrate it, and other places are taking off Monday. Um, it kind of states and cities and municipalities did it, but now it's going to be a, a federal holiday. I don't think it starts tomorrow or Saturday. I think it probably starts next year. I don't know. But that's pretty amazing. That's really amazing. Yeah. Yep. Long overdue. More Definitely. parades. Woohoo! We could combine a Juneteenth and Pride Parade into one big parade. That would be fun. I love it. And Father's Day. Yes. And father, a Father's Day parade. <laughs> and graduation. What is Father's Day? Is Father's Day this weekend? This it's this weekend. Coming yeah. Sunday. Huh. What are you doing for Mark? Um, We are, I don't know, because my son is graduating the day before. So. <gasps> yeah. What? I know. Well, I feel like he's still in first grade because, you know, they were babies. They were babies just not too long ago. Goes <sighs> fast. I know. So, so we're celebrating that. We'll include Father's Day as well. <laughs> we have a lot to be thankful. We had a big year for my husband. And I love him as husband and, and as the father of my children. And I love my own dad. I miss him so much. I don't want to cry, but I miss him so much. He was like the best dad ever. So, happy Father's Day. I'm, I miss my dad, too, but since I tur- I'm turning into him, <laughs> I don't, I don't, there's not much to miss. I just am my father now, so. I think there's a commercial about that. We can't keep you from becoming your parent, but we can't nope. save you I on car insurance. <laughs> I love that I commercial. I love that commercial so much. No fussing, no messing. <laughs> <laughs> Part so so much, and the server doesn't need to know your name. <laughs> what does it say? Quinoa, 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 quinoa. you guys know who um, Ellie Kemper is, right? She's an actor, but I forget what she's from. Oh, she was in the office, and she's Kimmy Schmidt from the um, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable oh, yes. Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, yeah. I love her. That's I read right. her yes. book. Okay. Yeah. She got in a oh, situation. What happened? Somehow word got out from something that she did a long, long time ago. She was part of a debutante ball from an organization that's really, um, some people believe that it's racist. And I'm familiar with the organization because uh, it's from St. Louis. It's called the Veiled Prophet. And um, so it was called the Veiled Prophet Ball. And she was part of the Veiled Prophet Parade. And, and uh, the VP, the organization is 
only familiar with uh, for me because I know the they're the ones who hold a whole big Fourth of July celebration that closes the streets of downtown St. Louis. It's kind of like Seafair. It's like equivalent to Seafair, I guess. And and so everybody's always excited about the VP Fair, but eventually they renamed that to Fair St. Louis, probably because people were like, I don't know about that VP organization. She got caught up in the middle of it because uh, she was the queen. Uh, she was c- crowned queen of it or something like that and was part of the, the ball. And then people just gave her smack about it. And she was like, she actually felt really, really bad about it. She's like, you know what? I will take responsibility. And maybe I was young, but that's I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I was old enough to do my homework on it and, and know what's right and wrong kind of thing. And, you know, and, and this is a, a familiar thing. I mean, we talked about it with Rachel Kirkinell, you know. But I, I felt so bad because I even... I, I didn't know much about the the Veiled Prophet. All I knew is that they held the best fairs in St. Louis for every every single year, and radio stations even joined in to put their booths up. and And Budweiser had events, and yeah, it was just all fun and and uh, just a party atmosphere. And they had the best fireworks and everything. And yeah, but so anyway, Ellie Kemper, I love her. I think you know she was amazing. It was amazing to uh, put out the Instagram that she had put out just apologizing, kind of explaining too, and, and just really putting it out there. And uh, and I think a lot of people appreciated that, including myself. Yeah, that's tough. I know that um, Chrissy, Chrissy, who's with, um, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Jack and Janet? No, Chrissy. <laughs> gosh, what's her name? Chrissy, Chrissy Trippin? Tr- Chrissy oh, Chrissy Teigen. Teigen. Chrissy Teigen, you know, got called out for some bullying. She did. And she apologized yes. on social media. Some people are mixed about that one. Who did she bully? What? What? Or, or did she? She bullied Lindsay Lohan and Courtney Stodden, telling her she should she should kill herself or something like that. I don't know. She she did something like pretty extreme. So like a couple of people and then like a designer. I got to look at my tweets. But um, she having a middle meltdown? I don't know. Well, I think she was a mean girl. And now she's had to face it. And she's had to be like. Because it was, yeah, 10 years ago, it was yeah. like she was even doing that, right? Oh, I thought this was now. Well, now she's apologizing for it because she's yeah. been called out. Okay. Yeah. I'm mixed, I'm mixed on this whole calling you out for what you did 10 years ago thing. I mean, this it's, boy. I'm so glad we didn't have Facebook when I was growing up. That's all I I know. Can you imagine if we had, I mean, even just having those disposable cameras around are pretty iffy. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Back then, I, I can't even imagine what my mental state would be with all the cameras pointing at me or whatever, you know, back when I was younger. Right. I no. mean, we all do no. childish things. That's why we have to grow up. Right. right. <laughs> Our mistakes don't define us, people. Absolutely. No. So don't stick with them. Don't. don't you can take that stick. to the bank. <laughs> right. 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 Well, should we end on that? Yes. yes. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Well, first off, thank you, ladies, for for all all of this. Thank you, guys, for being the free therapy every week. <laughs> I know. We're saving a lot of money. We sure are. <laughs> We're saving 15% on car insurance. 
I hope we're therapy for someone else too. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you everyone for joining us and always listening and, and downloading us and do whatever you do with these podcasts. <laughs> what if I had a loss of words? I don't know. Oh. And for giving us five stars. Yes. And for telling a friend or someone else or the cute guy from Jimmy John's that just delivered my lunch. Anybody, tell them about our podcast. Tell them about Listen and Learn or Not. Because to avoid a cliche, listen and you might learn something or not. But at least you'll laugh, right? That's right. <laughs> So brings me to just one little tidbit. Claire, did you know UPS has a UPS Dogs Facebook page? I did not know that. Tell me about it. UPS Dogs? Yes, go look at it. Adorable. All the UPS drivers and their dogs that come to greet them. So Sadie could get in a relationship (laughs) with the UPS guy, and then you could tell him all about listen and learn or not. I love that. We're pretty much on a first-name basis with the Amazon guy, so I think you're right. Maybe it is time. Next time the UPS guy comes, we'll get Sadie out there and we'll post for pictures. I love that. Oh, I'm so, it's called UPS Dogs? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> There's some horses, goats, llamas, but, you know, mostly dogs. <laughs> A goose oh here and there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> she runs Spirit. the goldfish out to the sea. <laughs> Snake, tarantula. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, uh, thank you, guys. And how do we get a hold of you? Or, or what What are your little, what are your handles on uh, on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever? Coach Lori on uh, Facebook, L-A-U-R-I-E. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Claire Beverly. I'm on Twitter, I, Igloo, Mary, Alpha, Nancy, Nancy, Alpha. David. <laughs> what? I am A N N A D. I'm trying to spell, spell it out. I am A-N-N-A-D. <laughs> Next week, do it in Morse code. And I'm Anna. <laughs> <laughs> and then interpretive dance. <laughs> Semaphore. <laughs> Smoke. Smoke tickles. Okay. Well, thank you.